the Joe Rogan AI experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. Hey folks, welcome to the Joe Rogan AI experience, episode number six. Today's episode is something different, something wild, but let me stress, everything in this episode, from the conversation to the laughs, it's all AI generated. The voices you're about to hear, they aren't the real deal. They're not the actual people they portray. So don't take any of this as truth, all right? It's all for entertainment purposes only. Now, before we jump in, remember, this episode was meant to take place before Logan's fight with Dylan Dennis. So if some stuff sounds outdated, that's why. And hey, if you're loving what we're doing here and want to support the channel, hit up the link below and buy me a coffee. Your support means a ton, and it keeps us going with these crazy AI experiments. Oh, and one more thing, we've got something big for you. Have you ever thought of making your own AI-generated podcast just like this one? Well, you're in luck. We're launching a brand new course later this year that'll teach you exactly how to do it. Pre-orders are open now, so make sure to check it out. More on that later. All right, let's get into it. Buckle up. It's going to be a wild ride. All right, we're live. Logan. Joe, let's go! I'm so stoked to be here, brother. We've got to dive right in. It appears you're in possession of some UFO footage. Oh, man. I, I knew you'd bring this up straight away. Tell us everything. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do have some footage. It's, it's compelling. Not entirely convincing, but it's something that's been bugging me. Tell us how you got hold of this. Well, um, funny story. Um, there was this guy called Chuck Clark. He was selling the footage for like um, $100,000, which, <laughs> you know, seemed, uh, seemed a bit overpriced. But instead of buying it, I uh, kind of, well, I, I secretly recorded it. <laughs> Sneaky move. That's a lot of cash. Tell us what's so special about this footage. It's from 1995. And the movement of the disc, dude, it's just fluid. Like super fluid. Almost like it's buoyant in the air. Mm. With the tech from... 95 i just don't know if they could pull off that kind of vfx you know yeah wow that's what's compelling about it so you're saying it's it's not the standard shaky cam blob in the sky kind of deal no nah, not at all it starts off with these two guys uh just goofing around like a classic road trip around rachel nevada near area 51 and then um they're they're parked in the desert by this uh, landmark called the Black Mailbox. Right, yeah. And then the atmosphere just shifts. They're trying to hide, ducking in their car, and then, boom, there's this uh, light right above them. What kind of light? Like, like uh, a pendulum, man, swinging above their car. The shadows, the light inside the car, it's just eerie. Mm. And when one of them gets out, that's when you see it, this disc. Low enough, you could probably hit it with a rock. Glowing. Almost alive. That's so wild. So it's close, not just some distant thing? Yeah, nah. It's right fucking there. How did it move? It, it, it was uh, wobbling, unstable, but the movement, it was so fluid. It felt like, like, like it was part of the air. And the surface was glowing, like a beach with phosphorescent material, kind of yellowy-orange. Fuck, I need to see this. I'll show you after the podcast. Can't fucking wait. And and these guys are driving around Rachel, Nevada, right? That's close to Area 51? Yeah, it's right there, dude. The whole area is just spooky vibes. Mm, you know, yeah. with all the rumors and conspiracy theories 
about Area 51, it was the perfect setting. These guys were just having a classic road trip, goofing around, taking videos of each other. I mean, until the whole UFO thing. <laughs> yeah. They were at this spot called The Little Alien. Oh, yeah. I know the place. Yeah. Um, kind of a tourist trap, but uh, fun. Yeah, that's true. Then the setting changes, and they're parked out in the desert near this place called uh, The Black Mailbox. Oh, I've heard of that spot. It's like a, a UFO watcher's haven or something. Exactly. It's legendary. Yeah. So the camera's all, all, all tilted right, capturing the windshield and dashboard, and you can feel the tension building. They're trying to stay low, like they're, they're seeing something wild outside. And then one of them says, it's over the top of us. Mm. For real. And when one of them goes out to film it, you see this disc, like super low to the ground, glowing, kind of pulsating, like those beach phosphorescent things. So like alive? Totally. It's like it's wobbling, but in a weirdly organic way. It doesn't feel like any aircraft we know. The way you describe it, it's so out there. How do they even react to it? They're in total awe. Freaking out, but also mesmerized. And then there's this mention of the batteries. Like, the camera's going to die any second. And bam, the video just cuts off. Fucking cliffhanger. <laughs> right? The thing is, their reactions felt so genuine, man. Like, they were legit seeing something from another world. Have you thought about bringing it to someone like Bob Lazar? Actually, yes. Uh, I've been trying to get in touch with Bob. Uh, I feel like if there's anyone who could give a legit take on it, it's him. But so far, nothing. Yeah, Bob's a tough nut to crack, uh, but if you can get him to weigh in, that'd be something. Totally. I haven't released it publicly because uh, I'm still trying to figure it all out. Mm, yeah. I mean, what if it is real? Yeah. The implications are massive. Yeah, it's a big responsibility. But hey, that's the fun part, right? Unraveling the mystery. Exactly. We'll see where it goes, man. Mm. Who knows? Maybe the next time I'm on, we'll have a full breakdown with Bob Lazar himself. Yeah, I can put you in contact with Bob. Please do. Do you think you'll ever release it? I want to. I really do. Um, but uh, I need more concrete evidence, man. I, this is big. For sure. And if I'm putting it out there, I want to be sure, you know? Right, makes sense. Last thing you want is to be labeled as the guy peddling fake UFO footage. And speaking of footage, Jamie, can you pull up that UFO video? You know the one we saw last week? Not yours. Another one I saw a while ago. Maybe there's a similarity. Yeah, I mean, if there's something out there, people need to see it. But like you said, got to be sure. Mm. Man, this stuff, it fucks up your head thinking about it. For sure. The, the universe is so massive, so unknown. The possibilities are endless. But we've got to be careful about what we put out there. It has to be genuine, you know? Absolutely. It's a fine line between wanting to share something big and being cautious about it. For sure. Um, I just hope we can get to the bottom of it soon. Yeah, I hope so too. Uh, here is the video. Let's take a quick look and tell me if there's any similarity to what you've got. Yeah, okay. Oh, wow. Damn, that's interesting. It's got that same weird fluid motion you were talking about, doesn't it? Yeah, that's, uh, that's super similar. Where's that one from? I think it was taken around the mid-2000s, somewhere in Arizona, if I remember correctly. 
but it's got that same kind of, I don't know, otherworldly feel to it, you know? For sure. Um, the movement is what gets me. Like, I've seen drone footage and all, but this, this is different. If that's also not VFX, then it's starting to get even more compelling. Drones. That's, that's the thing, right? We, we have so much tech flying around these days, it's hard to discern what's real and what's not. But that thing in the video, it, it just doesn't move like anything man-made. Exactly. I mean, I've seen some high-tech stuff. Drones that can do wild things, but, but nothing like that. That kind of movement, it's, it's too smooth, too uh, organic. And the emotional responses of the people filming it, that's the thing, right? You can tell when someone's genuinely freaked out. 100%. I mean, that's part of what drew me to the video in the first place their reactions. It's just raw. They didn't know what they were looking at, and it, it shows. Totally. And with your background in content creation, you probably have a better sense than most of what's genuine and what's scripted. Oh, for sure. I've, I've seen my fair share of fake reactions, you know, and this ain't it. Mm. But again, the, there's just this nagging doubt, you know? With today's tech, who knows what can be faked? True. We're living in a wild time. The lines between reality and fiction are getting blurry. It's why it's, it's so crucial to have a discerning eye and to approach these things with skepticism, but also an open mind. Couldn't agree more. I, 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 I want to believe, like really want to, but I also don't want to be fooled. Me too. I really want to believe. Right? I really want to believe. Sometimes I think I can be biased because of that. Yeah, I get that. Have you considered getting that footage analyzed professionally? Maybe some forensic video analyst or something? Uh, I, it's crossed my mind. I'm considering it. Maybe get multiple perspectives and see if there's a consensus. If they all lean one way, then it might be worth going public with it. Well, if you, if you do, you've got to come back on and tell us about it. I'm sure everyone listening would love an update. Absolutely, man. It's a wild ride. And I, I'm curious to see where it goes. That's what it's all about. Pushing boundaries and seeking the truth. But shifting gears a bit, speaking of pushing boundaries, I heard you've got a new project in the works. Ah, uh, yeah, man. You're, you're, I'm working on a documentary, actually. It's uh, about the online world, the influencers, and the behind the scenes of content creation. That's fascinating. You know... Most people just see the finished product on YouTube or TikTok or wherever, but they don't see the hours of planning, the, the team behind it, the failed ideas. Well, there's so much to it. Exactly. And that's what I want to showcase. I want people to understand the grind, the mental challenges, mm -hmm. and the pressures of always trying to outdo your last video. It's not all glitz and glam. I can imagine. You know, and there's this weird balance, right? You have to stay true to yourself while also trying to appease the algorithm and the audience. That's got to be challenging. Oh, it's a constant battle. Sometimes I, I just want to put something out because it means something to me. But then there's that voice in the back of my head asking if it'll get enough views. Right. If it'll get demonetized, all that. The algorithm. It's like this unseen force dictating creativity. It's kind of messed up if you think about it. I've heard horror stories from YouTubers about how it can be so stressful trying to play into what the algorithm wants. Oh, it's fucking real. And uh, I, I've been on both sides of it. When, when you're riding the wave, it's great. But when you fall off, man, it feels like you're shouting into a void 
That's so fascinating to me. It's a roller coaster mentally. So this documentary uh, is it going to touch on mental health? Because mm -hmm. that seems like a big aspect of the influencer life that doesn't get enough attention. Absolutely, mental health is a huge part of it. The burnout, the anxiety, the pressure—it's all very real. For sure. And and with the documentary, I, I, I want to shine a light on it. It's something that's been brushed under the rug for too long. Uh, especially now with how big the online world is and how many people want to break into it. They need to know the realities, the ups and downs. Totally. And I mean, it's not all bad, right? There are so many incredible opportunities and experiences I've had because of my career. But it's important to show both sides, you know? Absolutely. When's it set to release? We're aiming for uh, early next year. Right. Still in the early stages, um, but I'm super excited about it. Can't wait to see it. Uh, have you got some Prime with you? Always, bro. Give me some. I got to try that shit. Here. Do you want lemon and lime uh, ice pop or our latest flavor, lemonade? Which one's the best? I think lemonade. It's my favorite flavor. The bottle looks cool, too. Yeah, have a sip of that one. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah? It's all right. Nice one. Thanks, man. Can't believe you're doing this with KSI. Walk me through how you two went from boxing opponents to business partners. Yeah, it's wild, huh? Yeah. So, um, after all the fighting, the drama, the whole show, mm -hmm. we, we sat down one day um, just talking and realizing we had a lot more in common than we thought. Right. And from there, discussions about businesses, ventures, everything started coming up. And Prime, that idea, it kind of just grew organically from those conversations. It's like, after all that rivalry, there was this newfound respect and uh, drive to collaborate. Mm. And Prime, man, it's not just another drink. Right. Uh, we both were adamant about creating something that... Uh, that wasn't just sugar and water, you know? We right. really dove into what makes a great hydration drink, the ingredients, the taste, everything. And I gotta say, the response, it's been beyond our wildest dreams. That's so fascinating. Yeah, it's been insane. We partnered with UFC, which for me is like so surreal. And then we got Arsenal and FC Barcelona on board, the soccer clubs, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just been one thing after the other. I, I. I sometimes have to pinch myself, you know, to think that KSI and I, two guys who wanted to beat the living shit out of each other, came together to make this happen. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. Absolutely. We've got so many plans, dude. New flavors, expansion, maybe diving into some other sports realms. It's fucking exciting, man. Just the idea that our brand could be everywhere, that's the vision. So why hydration drinks, though? Um, hey, folks, just a quick one here. If you're enjoying this experience, if you're getting value out of these wild conversations, there's a simple way to give back. Hit that subscribe button. It goes a long way. For those who really want to dive deeper with us and support this journey, you can become a patron on our Patreon. Or if you're feeling generous, you can buy me a coffee. Links for everything are right there in the description. I can't express enough how much your support means to all of us here. It's you that keeps this ship sailing. All right, let's get back to it. I, we noticed a gap, you know, so many drinks out there uh, just loaded with sugar and crap. We wanted something genuine that 
actually, you know, hydrates and tastes good. Mm. Jamie, pull up their website. Let's see some of this prime magic. Thanks, bro. You'll see. It's, it's game changing. I can see why the UFC would partner with you. Fighters, weight cuts, hydration is massive. Exactly, man. And, and, and that's where we come in. It's a perfect fit, honestly. I see. Yeah. What about the backlash? Did you get some backlash? Um, People saying you're just riding the trend or whatever. Um, yeah, of course. There's always that. But uh, we're putting in the work, showing the benefits, and, and, and the results, man, they speak for themselves. I saw a video from More Plates, More Dates. You familiar with him? Oh, uh, yeah. I've come across some of his stuff, for sure. He was concerned that Prime doesn't have the right electrolytes, especially sodium, for hydration. That's what makes classic sports drinks not as sweet, you know. What's up with that? Right, right. Uh, I saw that. And, and, and here's the thing. We formulated Prime to be like an optimal hydration solution. It's not just about sodium, you know? Right. We've got uh, a mix of electrolytes in there that uh, we believe works best. But um, I, I, I get it. Everyone's got an opinion. But sodium is fucking massive when it comes to rehydration. People sweat. They lose sodium. It's pretty mm -hmm. straightforward. A and, and, and you're right. Sodium is super important. But um, our formula, it's balanced. Like If you're just guzzling sodium and nothing else, that's not optimal either. No, of course not. But classic drinks, they, they had that taste because of the sodium, right? Like, right. you can't get away from that. It's wild that you guys decided to go in a different direction. Yeah, well, we, we, we wanted to make something that tasted good, but also did the job. Right. The shit that I'm doing, like WWE wrestling and all, hydration is key, you know? I've had cramps, dehydration issues, so I, I, I really wanted a drink that worked for me. Yeah. My buddy once had a severe dehydration issue during a marathon, ended up in the hospital. It can fuck up your system. Fuck, man. That's rough. Yeah. I mean, with Prime, we've had UFC fighters, football players. They've all given feedback. The response has been uh, Still, Derek positive, brought up a know? good point. Sodium, it's preposterous to think that you can avoid it in a hydration drink. Uh, we haven't avoided it. It's, it's in there. But in the ratio we think works best i i get that it might be different from other drinks but we've done our research and and the feedback has been solid honestly jamie pull up that video from more plates more dates i remember he had a solid argument there i'm on it and look i respect the guy like he knows his stuff but but um with with prime we wanted to break the mold a bit you know do something different different is it's good but you got to make sure it's not just for the sake of being different you're dealing with athletes health here that's serious shit uh 100% and that's why we didn't just like throw stuff together we consulted experts nutritionists trainers mm -hmm. and and took feedback seriously did these soccer clubs raise any concerns about the lack of sodium um, because i would imagine they'd think sodium is pretty important for athletes Especially when they're running down the pitch for however long they do in soccer. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's come up. I mean, they're big clubs with big nutrition teams, right? They um, they looked into it, and uh, the high potassium that was something they you know pointed out. Uh, it's an interesting balance because potassium's important. But too much, especially if you're not balancing with sodium, it can be problematic. Hyperkalemia is no joke. Like, right, right. 
and um, we're aware. We've been working with nutritionists and stuff, and the idea was to offer something different. Right. But um, we're definitely considering like tweaking the formula a bit. Mm. It's a learning process, you know? For sure. It's a constant evolution. But when you're targeting elite athletes, I'd imagine they'd want precision. Isn't there a risk if someone drinks too much prime without balancing sodium uh, intake? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a valid concern that we've had to make sure, you know, that there's like clear guidance on how to use prime best, especially for uh, athletes. It's always a, de a delicate balance, especially when you're talking about something that affects performance and health. It's important, mm -hmm. yeah. right? It's, it's crucial. We want prime to help, not harm, right? Totally. We're all about like ensuring the best for everyone, whether you're a pro athlete or just, you know, someone hitting the gym. Right. And, and, and we're learning every day. Mm. The feedback from these clubs, you know, it's, it's priceless. It's helping us get better. How'd you guys land these big soccer clubs? Like that's quite oh, impressive. Dude, it's, it's wild. So, um, first off, I don't know a thing about soccer. I see. Like, not a damn thing. Can barely kick the ball. But KSI, as you know, being an Englishman, he's, uh, he's super into it. Mm -hmm. Arsenal's his jam, right? So we kind of had to start there. Makes sense. So who you got now? We got Arsenal, biggest club in London. You know, uh, they're red and white. Mm -hmm. And uh, FC Barcelona. And didn't you guys add another one recently? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was Bayern Munich. Champions of Germany and all that. It's the shit, honestly. But um, I was as surprised as anyone. That's wild. I mean, it's crazy, Joe. These are top-tier clubs, like the best. Mm. And here I am, not even knowing the difference between a goal and a touchdown half the time. So how did the negotiations go? Was it a tough sell? Uh, it was... There were definitely some like intense conversations. But once we got Arsenal on board, mm, it yeah. kind of, you know, paved the way. And um, the feedback was like super positive. But how did it even start? How do you get in the room with the with these giant clubs? It's a lot of networking, dude. Oh, I'm sure. A lot. And KSI, being the football fan that he is, he had some connections. Right. We started with Arsenal because, well... KSI would probably kill me if we didn't. I bet. But once we were in there, it kind of snowballed. And the negotiations, man, it's intense. Mm. These clubs are businesses, you know? They, they want the best for their players and their brand. And the players from these clubs, they actually drink Prime? Mm-hmm. Some of them do. Like, it's been cool hearing feedback, you know? Yeah, yeah. There are players who are really into it. Right. But, um, yeah, there's also, like, skeptics, which is expected. Uh, always skeptics, especially with something new. But with, with the level of athletes we're talking about, I think they'd be open to anything that could give them an edge. Right, right. And um, that's kind of how we pitched it. Like, this could be that little thing that helps, you know? But um, building trust takes a shit ton of time man for sure so future plans i'm guessing more clubs uh yeah i mean that's the dream right we're more sports too maybe mm. we've got some like 
things in the pipeline, but I don't want to spill too much. It's right. it's exciting though. Actually, we we just announced uh, uh, Erling Holland a couple of days ago. Uh, who? Erling Holland. He's like the next soccer superstar. Oh, Erling Holland. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a freak. Total freak. Like beyond freaky, dude. Yeah. He's like a six foot four Norwegian god. Dude's got long blonde hair, and 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 uh, he's built like an absolute Viking. He's gonna be like the next Ronaldo. Wow. He just signed for uh, Manchester City like a year ago. Right. And in his first season, listen to this. In his first season, right? He 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 already broke the record for most goals uh, scored in one season, I think, or something like that. Yeah, I heard about that. I think he scored like fifty-four goals or something ridiculous like that. Wow. Yeah, it says here 36 goals in the Premier League. Oh. <laughs> which is the record he broke. But 52 goals last year in all competitions. Right, right. Uh-huh. Uh, close enough shows how much I know about soccer. Haha, <laughs> yeah. And so he just got signed to Prime? Yeah. Like, literally the hottest name in soccer right now. You've got uh, M- M- Mbappe, I think, French guy, and then Holland. They're the two biggest names in soccer right now. You're making big moves. And we also got... Adesanya, Israel Adesanya, and Volkanovski too, who joined a couple of months ago. Wow. Dude, insane. I still can't believe it sometimes. And so you've got Prime in the UFC now. Yeah. How crazy is that? How'd that come about? Negotiating with Dana White. What was that like? Oh, man. Dana. That's a story. I mean, uh, it was intense. We approached them, you know, with the idea of uh, partnering up and Dana, he's so protective of the UFC brand, right? Yeah. So it took some convincing. I can imagine. So how did you guys make it work? Well, I think um, showing the potential benefits for the fighters was key. Right. We presented our case, and, and, and honestly, after they tried Prime and saw the results, things kind of shifted, you know? Mm. Oh, and the biggest win? We got the corners named Prime hydration corners what the actual corners yeah Yeah, that's huge yeah it's kind of surreal seeing that branding every fight night yeah it's validation for all the work we've been doing that's a massive deal the ufc is massive now must have been some tough negotiations it was but you know i think both sides saw the potential benefits there were skeptics of course especially within the ufc community but once they felt the benefits uh, a lot of them got on board. It's preposterous when you think about the reach and the impact. Every fight, every event, people see prime hydration. It's genius. Thanks. Uh, we're aiming high. Uh, big plans for the future, for sure. Getting back to Dana White, it, I mean, he's a tough guy to negotiate with. He's incredibly protective over the UFC brand. So how did those discussions actually unfold? Um, yeah, so Dana is, you know, a force of nature, Right. Um, we went into those meetings prepared, but um, nothing really prepares you for Dana White in a boardroom. Uh-huh. He's all about the fighters and their well-being. So, yeah, he did bring up the, uh, the sodium and potassium thing. Uh, I thought he might. Given that we talked about the soccer clubs having those concerns, it must have been a topic with Dana, too, especially when the fighter's health is on the line. Absolutely, and I, I respect him for that. He drilled us about the contents, especially the balance between potassium and sodium. Mm. He was concerned, rightly so, 
about how it might affect fighters during uh, weight cuts. Yeah. You know, rehydration and all. It's crucial, especially in MMA. Fighters cutting weight, dehydration. The rehydration phase is so important. Yeah, and, and we did our homework. We presented all the research, had experts talk to him, went deep into how Prime is formulated. We um, also offered to tweak things if needed, specifically for the fighters, you know, just to ensure that the product was optimal for them. That's smart. It's all about trust at the end of the day. Right. And that was a big thing. Building trust with Dana and the UFC team. And once we did that, once they were confident in, in the product and its benefits, things just, they started falling into place. And now you've got the branding all over the octagon. It's impressive. Thanks, man. But it sounds like it was quite the journey to get there. Oh, for sure. Every step, every meeting was a challenge. But it was worth it, you know? For the brand, for the fighters, and, and just for the validation of what we're trying to do with Prime. But let me ask you straight. Do the fighters actually drink Prime, or is it all just for the show? No, uh, they do. We've had feedback from many of them saying it helps, especially during those weight cuts and rehydration. But um, I'm not going to sit here and say everyone does. It's like with any product. Right. You know, some people swear by it, some don't. Mm. So with all of this, how does Prime compete against the big boys like Gatorade and Powerade? I mean, they've been around for fucking ages. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, those brands... They're, you know, they're giants. They've been in the game for so long. But the thing is, Prime is new, it's fresh, and there's something about it that, that resonates, especially with the uh, younger crowd. Really? Yeah, dude, it's wild. Kids, they absolutely love Prime. Mm. I don't know if it's the branding, the, the taste, or what, but it's been so popular that we've struggled to keep them on the shelves. That's awesome. Right, and it's not just about the taste. Parents seem to prefer the natural aspect of prime, you know, less artificial stuff. It's healthier in many ways. And then there's the whole athletic side to it, which gives it that uh, edge, you know? That's cool. It must be satisfying to see it fly off the shelves. Yeah, it really is. But it's a tough market to crack. Those other brands, they have deep pockets. For sure, for sure. And I, 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 I respect what they've done. But um, I think there's enough room for everyone. We're not trying to replace them, but we're here making our mark, doing the shit that we're doing. And the response has been incredible. Mm. It's, you know, it's overwhelming at times. The whole, the whole situation with KSI must add another layer of complexity too, right? I mean, KSI and Jake, that's some heated shit. And then there's you in the middle. How does that all play out? Ah, uh, man. That's, um, it's a minefield, to be honest. Jake and KSI, their beef runs deep. And it's been going on for so long. But then on the flip side, KSI and I, we've found this mutual respect and 
partnership with Prime. It's a weird triangle, man. No shit. I, I mean, that's got to be tough for you, right? It, it, it is. I, I, I won't lie. Like, KSI and I, we've moved past our differences, found common ground in business, and um, we see eye to eye on a lot of things now. But Jake, he's got his own feelings, his own beef, and sometimes, yeah, it does get tricky. So how does that work? I mean, if Jake and KSI were ever to come head to head, let's say, where do you stand? That's <laughs> the million dollar question, right? Honestly, I'd hope it never comes to that. I've told both of them, I'm out. If they want to sort their issues, they do it without dragging me into it. Right. But uh, at the end of the day, Jake's my brother and KSI is my business partner. It's about respecting those separate relationships. It's crazy how these worlds can overlap and clash. Yeah, right? But it's commendable that you're trying to navigate it with integrity and keep things separate. Thanks, man. Um, it's, uh, it's not easy. There's a lot of emotions, history, and egos involved. But I've learned to just uh, stay in my lane, you know? Focus on what I can control and let them handle their own stuff. That's wise. You know, uh, if everyone's got their own journey, their own battles. And while Jake and KSI have their thing, I've got mine. It's about finding that balance and not letting external stuff mess with your head too much. Right. You, at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for you and your own mental health. Yeah. It's a fucking massive challenge juggling all these relationships and business ventures and like... Yeah, it is. But, you know, challenges make us grow and I'm grateful for the journey, even with all its crazy twists and turns. Keeps things fucking interesting, I guess. You know, speaking of fights, I watched Jake's fight against Nate Diaz. That was wild. Jake's been doing incredible, man. Nate's a tough opponent. Yeah. And Jake, um, he really stepped up. It's nuts to see his progress, you know? Nate's a fucking warrior. Been in some legendary wars in the UFC. I've watched him since his early days. How did Jake prepare for that? He trained like a fucking beast. I mean, I've seen Jake train for his other fights, but for this one, he was like next level. Waking up at dawn, two a days, sparring with top guys. It's, um, it's impressive. That dedication, it's something else. But Jake's always been like that, hasn't he? Yeah. Always pushing the limits. Yeah, yeah. He's always been super competitive, especially with me. Right. It's like this sibling rivalry thing we've always had, but it's also a mutual respect, you know? Yeah. Speaking of which, I heard something interesting uh, about the fight night. Someone told me Jake didn't allow you to bring a prime bottle because of some sponsorship conflict. What was that all about? Ah, uh, man. Yeah, that was, it was a thing. All right, sorry for the quick interruption, folks. AI Joe Rogan here, and I want to let you in on something amazing. If you ever thought about diving deep into podcasting, using AI tech like what you're listening to right now, well, this might be your golden ticket. It's a course titled Unlock Your Creative Potential, AI-Generated Podcast Mastery Course. Here's the deal. This course isn't just about producing an AI podcast. It's about revolutionizing the way you create. Imagine crafting content with an AI that brings to life any guest or topic you can dream of. The possibilities are truly endless. 
whether you're just getting started or you've been in the game a while, this is a next level tool. So here's a taste of what you get. You'll master voice cloning, generate incredibly realistic scripts with ChatGPT, and even create your own animated avatars. Plus, there's a ton more from editing and polishing your content to diving into the business side of podcasting and content creation for platforms like TikTok and Instagram. There are two packages, the main course alone, that's going for an introductory price of $200 down from $500. But if you want the full package, which includes all the bonuses, editing, mastering the business side, and much more, it's available for $500, a significant drop from the usual $1,000. So if you're curious about exploring this insane frontier of podcasting, I say jump in, pre-order now, and secure that discount. All right, back to the podcast. Jake's event had some uh, some exclusive drink sponsorship, and um, they weren't too thrilled about about me flaunting Prime. You know, really, it's all business. But uh, yeah, it was a, a a bit tense. That's preposterous. I mean, he's your brother. Did that create any friction between you two? You know, at first I was like, "Are you serious?" But then I I get it. You know, business is business. Jake and I, we have this um, complicated relationship. We support each other, but uh, we're also super competitive. So things like this, they do pop up from time to time. It's, it's not always easy. That's got to be tough. I mean, family is family, but when business and big money are involved, lines can get blurred. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, I want to be there for my brother, support him, but I also have my own ventures, you know? For sure. It's this uh, weird dance we do always trying to find that balance between family and business. So how do you guys navigate that, being in the same industry mm -hmm. with competing interests but still being brothers at the end of the day? It's tough, man. We've had our share of you know, arguments and disagreements, but at the end of the day, we're family. We've learned to um, communicate better, set boundaries. It's about respecting each other's paths while still being there for one another. It's complicated but we make it work mm. but having jake by my side even with the ups and downs it's a blessing mm. we push each other challenge each other and that's priceless absolutely brotherhood's a special bond even with all the challenges it's worth navigating through 100 percent. we might butt heads but i wouldn't change our relationship for anything it's made us who we are i really gotta pee real quick <laughs> hold on we'll be right back classic Hey, real quick, guys, just reminding you of our course. Imagine crafting any podcast with any guest. It's endless, dude. Learn to clone voices, script out your episodes with AI, and even animate avatars. There's editing, business tips, the whole deal. Main course is now $199, and the whole package, just $499. I want to be on this next-gen podcast wave. Pre-order now. Get that discount. All right, back to the podcast. And we're back. I wanted to talk to you about the WWE. Oh, yeah? Dude, it's wild. Just watched your match with Ricochet. How did that feel? Uh, man, it's, it's a whole different beast. You know, the energy, the crowd, the, the physicality of it. I thought boxing was intense, but this is, this is on another level. Wrestling is fucking crazy. People keep saying it's fake, 
but they really underestimate just how athletic you need to be the fucking beating you get yeah man it's nuts it's predetermined outcome but the physicality is real mm -hmm. and then there's the showmanship on top of it it's not just about beating the other guy it's about selling it and that's um something i learned real quick it's about like not just the moves but the performance you For know sure. the drama the story and ricochet man he's a beast respect to him absolutely he's been in the game for a while but you won yeah <laughs> what would you say has been the biggest lesson for you so far uh i think and this might sound cliche but it's the importance of persistence mm. you get thrown down literally and figuratively and you gotta you know pick yourself up and keep going no shit that's the same with life too absolutely i saw roman reigns was on the card too mm -hmm. how's the vibe backstage with someone of his caliber uh Roman's um, like a legend in the business. Backstage, he's he's chill, but there's this aura around him. You know, mm -hmm. he and Jay, they had a crazy match. You catch that? Yeah, I did. Reigns and USO always put on a good show. Love their dynamic. Yeah, it's something uh, you can't fake. Um, the chemistry they have in the ring, it's it's palpable. Makes me want to you know up my game even more. Right. You know what fucks me up? The sheer amount of physical punishment you guys take. Yeah. It's nuts. Even if it's choreographed, you're still getting slammed and thrown around. Mm-hmm. Exactly. People, um, they see the entertainment side, but they don't always get how real the hits are. 100%. The shit I'm doing in there, it takes a toll, man. How would you say that experience compares to fighting Floyd? Floyd was, it was intense, but in a different way. That was like the pinnacle of my boxing journey. And this is a whole new chapter with the WWE. But both, um, both have taught me a lot about discipline and pushing my limits. Crazy how you've jumped from Vine to YouTube to boxing with Mayweather and now wrestling in the WWE. It's a wild trajectory. <laughs> Thanks, man. You ever thought about crossing paths with The Rock? Oh, uh, man. The Rock. Uh it's a bit of a touchy subject for me, honestly. Really? Why? Well, growing up, I idolized him. Like, looked up to him as a hero. Right. The way he handled his career, his motivational aspects, his hustle. I mean, he's Dwayne The Rock Johnson, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, we actually had some joint content on social media a while back. Yeah, yeah. But then after the whole... Uh, controversial incident in japan mm. he basically um asked me to pull it all down oh really yeah and the part that really um got to me was that it wasn't personal communication it wasn't the rock reaching out to to me it was his team it felt like my hero just you know wanted nothing to do with me mm. and it hurt and look i get it i understand the whole PR side of things, protecting your brand and all that, but it just, it was a low point for me. Wow. And has there been any connection or talk since then? Well, he did um, reach out on Instagram once, um, but it was just casual, you know? Right. No acknowledgement of what happened. It felt strange, like a disconnect. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's interesting to see how different people handle situations. Like Kevin Hart, he's been supportive maintain that amicable connection right. even when I was in the eye of the storm. Kevin's a good guy. I love Kevin Hart. For sure. 
And uh, sometimes I wonder if sharing stories like this publicly might backfire or affect future relationships. But I just think being honest is key. Totally. Imagine you and The Rock in the ring. Oh, man. Right? <laughs> that would be wild, wouldn't it? It would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, you never know. It's always crazy to me how personal dynamics change, especially in the entertainment industry. I mean, one minute you're collaborating with someone and the next everything changes. Yeah. It's fucking wild. And it's also, you know, like a testament to how fragile relationships can be. Right. When you're in the spotlight, everything's under a microscope. A buddy of mine was telling me something similar, how one wrong move and it feels like the world turns on you. Exactly. Um... But, you know, I've learned that you can't dwell on it. You, you got to keep evolving, growing, and just stay true to yourself. Right. Have you ever considered jumping into movies like The Rock did? Uh, I mean, I've thought about it. I love challenging myself, and acting is definitely, like, something I'm interested in. But, you know, one thing at a time. Mm. Wrestling is the shit I'm focusing on right now. Right. Wrestling is intense. The discipline, the physicality. How's your training been? It's been rigorous. Like the physicality, the agility you need. Uh, it's definitely pushed my limits. But man, it's been so rewarding. That's what life's about, right? Pushing your limits. Like Goggins always says, stay hard. Mm -hmm. Going through the tough stuff, that's when growth happens. Absolutely. And speaking of growth, the discipline... I've gotten from wrestling, it's spilled over into other areas of my life too. I can imagine. I mean, like the discipline you get from something like martial arts or wrestling, it's, uh, it's unparalleled. Mm -hmm. I always felt the same with jujitsu. Like it not only changes you physically, but mentally as well, makes you more dialed into things. Yeah, totally. And, uh, having that structure, that routine, it just gives you a different kind of confidence. Right. You know? For sure. It's why I'm a big advocate for people picking up something physical, anything. I don't care if it's martial arts, bow hunting, or even just hitting the gym. Changes your whole perspective. Absolutely. It's transformative. So if you were to consider acting, any particular genre or role you'd be interested in, uh, would we see you in an action movie or maybe a romantic comedy? Uh, I think action would be dope. I mean, given my background with wrestling and all, but... You know, I wouldn't mind trying my hand at comedy too. Mm -hmm. keep it diverse. I can totally see you taking on an action role, especially with your physicality from wrestling, you know, throwing some punches, driving fast cars, all that crazy shit. Uh, yeah. I mean, why not? Like if I'm going to do it, I want to go all out, you know? Mm, yeah. Make it memorable. Wild to think about the trajectory of your career though. Yeah, man. Life's weird like that. Sometimes I sit back and just think about it. Hmm. It's, it's been a wild journey. For sure. But, you know, The Rock, he's, he kind of paved that path, right? Yeah, Wrestling, yeah. then Hollywood. For sure. The Rock is a great example of that. The guy's like the highest paid actor right now. What a fucking journey. You know, speaking of paving the way, Joe, I've got to be honest here, man. I've watched your podcast for years, and the way you've changed the game, it's insane. Like, you've seriously influenced so many people including myself. Oh, thanks. I just started this thing as a fun side project with my buddies and it kind of took off. Kind of took off? Yeah, yeah. That's an understatement. <laughs> Man, you've had some of the biggest names on here and the way you engage in deep conversations. 
It's inspired so many content creators to start their own podcasts. Well, thank you. I always wanted it to be a place where we can have open dialogues, you know, where nothing is off the table. And that's what's special about it. Like, when I started my, uh, my own podcast, Impulsive, uh, I, I took cues from what you were doing, the way you just sit down and talk, no fluff, getting deep into topics. Yeah. It's, um, it's revolutionary. It's crazy how just talking can have such an impact, right? Absolutely. And your voice, man the weight it carries, mm. the influence it has. Whether people agree or disagree with what's said on the podcast, they listen, Yeah, they engage. It's powerful. Yeah, it's a responsibility too. Every time I bring someone on here, every topic we discuss, it's all with the hope that it adds value in some way. Yeah, and it shows. It's authentic. And I think that's what draws people in. Yeah, maybe. It's why I've been a fan for so long. You're a trailblazer, Joe. I'm just here having conversations. It's wild how it's resonated with so many. It's more than that. It's a movement. I mean, with Impulsive, I've tried to, you know, pave my own way. And working with Mike, it's been a trip. Mm. The dynamics, um, the chemistry. I've, I've noticed. It's, it's wild how you guys play off each other. And I've seen there were other hosts before, right? Right. They uh, don't seem to stick around too long. Uh, yeah, you've noticed. It's like, Mike, he's got this strong personality. And I, I feel like sometimes it can be um, overwhelming for the third host. Overwhelming how? You know, it's like, um, sometimes I think Mike kind of bullies them out. Mm. It's unintentional, but the presence, the, um, the energy he brings can be too much. Mm -hmm. And the chemistry between him and me, it's like really strong, you know? And it's crazy how that can shift the energy of the whole show. Right, exactly. And uh, I've seen the third host feel overshadowed. They kind of fade into the background. And it's not like we want that, you know? We want everyone to shine. But why keep trying with a third host? Why not just keep it to the two of you if that dynamic works? Uh, that's a really good question. I... um. I think there's this idea of uh, wanting to bring in fresh perspectives, different voices. Right. And, and uh, we believe that a third dynamic can, you know, can add that layer. But um, it's been challenging. It's wild because sometimes two people just click and it's hard to insert someone else into that mix. Yeah. And, and, and Mike and I, we've been through so much shit together. So the bond, it's different. Right. And when someone new comes in, um, it's hard for them to find their footing, you know? Totally. But I do feel bad when things don't work out. It's a tough spot to be in. You want to grow and evolve the show, but at the mm -hmm. same time, you have something special with Mike. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, we're trying to find that balance, but also it's about the audience too. They've... Um, They've gotten used to us, you know? So there's this thing about staying true to what they love, but also trying to um, evolve. The podcasting game is tricky like that. The audience, they bond with the hosts, and any change can be, well, it can be met with resistance. Yeah, and, and I've seen that every time we bring someone new, the audience is like um, skeptical, but then uh, they warm up to them. And just when they do, the dynamics shift and 
you know, things change. Yeah. You know, I've always wondered, how did you manage it with just you and Jamie? Like, mm-hmm. this huge podcast, all the success, and then that insane Spotify deal? Jamie's the best. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's a wizard. He's the best. Uh, it's wild, really. Jamie and I, we clicked from the start. We have this unspoken understanding. I think the key is keeping it simple. Less variables, less chance for conflicts or ego clashes. Really? Yeah, but the idea was to always have genuine conversations, you know, not get lost in the noise and just focus on the content. And that Spotify deal, man? Mm. I mean, wow, that was that was a game changer. Yeah. How did that even come about? All right, listen up, motherfuckers. AI Goggins here. I'm hijacking this fucking podcast for a quick second. If you're tuning in and haven't hit that subscribe button yet, what the fuck are you doing? Don't be a weak motherfucker. Subscribe. It's simple, it's easy, and it's a damn good decision. And if you really want to step up, show some real support, become a patron on Patreon, or just buy me a coffee. You'll find all the links in the description. Don't just sit there, get after it. Your support means everything to us. It's time to be uncommon among the uncommon. All right, let's get back to this. Stay hard. It's still preposterous to me, to be honest with you. (laughs) They approached us with this uh, idea of creating an exclusive platform for the podcast. At first I was skeptical, but then seeing their vision, understanding the, the potential, it made sense. They offered creative freedom, which was crucial. That's the dream, right? Yeah. Getting the support and the resources without um, compromising your content. Exactly. The integrity of the show, the authenticity, that was non-negotiable. Spotify understood that, and it's why we moved forward. But it's also wild because with such deals, you're always walking a tightrope between staying true to your roots and adapting to a new platform. Yeah, and and you've managed it really well. Mm. Like, the transition seemed smooth from an outsider's perspective. Right. Was there um, any backlash or challenges you oh, faced? Oh, absolutely. Anytime there's change, there's resistance. Some longtime listeners were frustrated with the, the exclusivity, the comment section being gone and all that. But, you know, it's part of the game. You adapt, evolve, and hope your true fans stick with you. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, they have. Because what you're doing, the conversations you're having, they're, they're unique. It's why I've always looked up to this podcast And, you know, it's been an inspiration for me and so many others out there. That means a lot. It's wild the journey podcasting has taken in the last few years. We're all learning, growing, and trying to make sense of this new age of content. If you don't, you don't mind me asking, uh, $100 million, Mm. what did you do with it? You know, it's wild to even think about it. On one hand, it's just a number, but it does have an impact. First, I made sure to take care of the people around me, family, close friends, and ensuring a good life for them. Right. Makes sense. One of the biggest shifts, though, post-deal was moving to Texas. Ah, right. That was a significant change. And then starting the comedy club. Oh, yeah, of course. That's like a passion project. The comedy mothership, right? That's such a sick name, by the way. Uh Haha, thanks. Uh, The idea was to create a space where comedians, whether they're well-known or just starting out, have a place to, you know try out their material, be raw and authentic. The environment in LA was getting stifling in a lot of ways. And it's not just a comedy club, right? I've heard it's like an entire experience. Exactly. It's a place where people can come, laugh, and just have a good time. No phones, no recording allowed, just enjoy the show. Right, yeah. There's a bar, a restaurant, and we've even got a podcasting room. It's a hub for everything comedy. It's great. 
that's wild really changing the game there yeah so do you think it's changed um the comedy scene there like influencing the comedy culture in texas i'd like to think so you know we've seen a lot of comedians moving to texas or coming through more frequently there's a sense of freedom a renaissance of sorts it's like we're going back to the roots of comedy just raw unfiltered real talk and that to me is what it's all about right right it's like when things get too controlled too i don't know structured it loses some of its magic right and comedy is all about that raw emotion right absolutely it's about pushing boundaries exploring ideas and just letting loose and the club is a place where all of that can happen without any hang-ups man next time i'm in texas i gotta come by sounds like an experience i can't miss you absolutely should it's something else we're really trying to build a community around it you know i've heard about these i don't know unique rules you've got at the club mm. can you um dive into that a bit like what's the idea behind them Ah, the rules. Yeah, they're there for a reason. First off, the club is a place for freedom of speech. Comedians should feel like they can explore any topic, however edgy or controversial, without fear of being shut down. That's why there's no phones allowed. Right. Don't want to get anybody canceled and, and shit like that. Freedom of speech, I get that. But isn't that like a given? You'd think so, but we're, we're living in times where things can be, well... People can get too sensitive. We're trying to avoid that overly sensitive culture. Right, right. Comedy is all about pushing boundaries. And if you're always scared of backlash, you can't truly be authentic. Uh-huh. And authenticity is huge. Exactly. We emphasize authenticity. Be true to yourself. Don't put on a fake persona or try to be someone you're not. The best comedy comes from real experiences and perspectives. And that's the shit I resonate with. It's like you're watching someone bear their soul on stage, you know? That's it. And then there's the work ethic. If you're performing at the mothership, you're expected to put in the time and dedication. Stand-up isn't a joke. Right. Well, it is. But the craft is not. There's a difference there. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So it's about respect in a way, right? Absolutely. Respecting the craft, the audience, the space. Reading the room is crucial. While we want comedians to push boundaries, they need to be aware of the audience. It's a two-way street. And uh, what about experimentation? like trying new shit out wildly encouraged that's part of the art experiment refine test material not everything is going to land perfectly every time and that's okay the stage is a place for growth man this sounds like a haven for comedians and storytelling is that a thing oh for sure personal anecdotes real life experiences they grip an audience if you can weave a story into your set and make people laugh while doing it that's gold i love that Talking about stories, I heard you've been holding on to some wild ones, specifically for when you'd get on here. What's up with that? Ah, uh, man, I did, I did. Uh, I've got, like, these five stories I've been saving for when I come here, you know? Kind of waiting for the right moment, and, uh, well, this feels like it. Hell yeah, I'm all ears. Let's hear the first one. All right, so, um, the first one takes place in New Zealand. Yo, listen the fuck up. AI Goggins here. I'm hijacking this podcast real quick. Just reminding you of this new course we've got going on. It's a no bullshit course, AI generated podcast mastery course. This isn't playtime. It's about unleashing your fucking potential with AI. You're going to clone voices, craft scripts with AI, the whole fucking nine yards. Time to stop being a fucking bitch and get your hands dirty. Main course, $199. Full deal, $4.99. Step the fuck up, pre-order, and save some cash. Now let's get back to the podcast. Stay hard, motherfuckers. I was there for some filming, and uh, 
we decided to go bungee jumping, right? Because, you know, when in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, uh, we, um, we go to this really high bridge, and I'm like, let's do this. Right. But just as I'm about to jump, this local dude, probably in his 50s, comes up to me and says he's uh, a fan of my YouTube channel. Like, in the middle of nowhere. Wild. Right? Uh, so he starts, starts telling me about this special bungee tradition they have. Mm. Apparently, if you can make a certain Maori face while you jump and maintain it till you bounce back up, you get to jump again for free. What kind of face? Like, a fierce warrior face. Tongue out, eyes wide, like fucking insane. And I'm like, this, this will be great content. Mm. So... I decide to give it a shot, but as soon as I jump, I realize he's probably just fucking with me. <laughs> no one's filming this tradition except my crew. That's hilarious. It's crazy, man. So I'm hurtling down, making this ridiculous face, and when I bounce back up, I see him. He's just laughing his ass off with his buddies. They got me good, but um, I did get that second jump for free. So silver lining. That's a good one. Authentic experiences like that, they're priceless. Always, always keeps things interesting, you know? And uh, I've got more where that came from. Just wait till you hear the next one. Oh, I'm sure. Okay, so I was in Japan, right? Not, not the forest incident. This is something entirely different. And we're staying at this super traditional ryokan, you know, the ones with the tatami mats and everything? Mm-hmm, yeah. And, and at night, there's this sound, like a... Uh, uh, tapping. It's coming from the walls. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Mm. So I, I, I asked the owner, this old Japanese lady, right? And she, she tells me it's the spirit of a samurai. Of course. Uh, apparently, the place was built on some old battlefield and um, that samurai is just not at rest. Could be true. Or she could be pulling your leg. That's what I thought too. But dude, every night, that tapping, same rhythm, same spot. Like, I'm not superstitious, but that was some creepy shit, you know? Did you try to communicate or anything? Uh, no, I mean, I was too freaked out. Right. But here's where it gets crazier. On the last day, I find this old coin under my futon. Mm -hmm. Like, super old. And I ask around, and turns out it's from the era of the samurais. Uh-oh. Yeah. So, I don't know if the whole samurai thing was legit. Or if it was just some fucking prank. But I still have that coin. Gives me the chills just thinking about it. I mean, I'm a skeptic, but some stuff is just weird and you can't explain it. Exactly. Uh, I've had some other wild stuff happen on my travels, but that one, that one sticks with me. Makes for a good campfire story, though. I bet. I'd probably freak out hearing some tapping every night. You ever consider going back, investigate it? Uh, I thought about it, but, you know, after the forest incident... Going back to Japan feels heavy, maybe someday, but not yet. I get that. Makes sense. But yeah, it was just one of those moments, you know, like how much of the world do we really understand? Mm. There's so much out there that's just unexplainable. Wild. It's easy to think that in this age of technology and information, we've got everything figured out. But then you have experiences like that and it's like, maybe we don't know shit. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes you got to just accept 
that there are things you can't understand or explain, and uh, that's okay. That's a deep realization, especially coming from someone who's so into documenting everything and sharing it with the world. There's a certain beauty and mystery, you know? Totally. I, I mean, I've had moments where I wanted to pull out a camera and capture everything, but, you know, sometimes it's about just being present. Right. Experiencing it. Letting it be ephemeral. Mm, I respect that. It's a tough balance when you do what you do. Yeah, and um, it's challenging because uh, I love sharing my experiences, my stories, but sometimes I just need to experience it for myself, you know? 100%. Without any audience, just raw and real. It's a fascinating thing. Um, I often think about how technology is changing us, how it's changing the human experience. I mean, imagine explaining podcasts to someone 50 years ago. It's wild how quickly things change. For real. And it's a constant evolution. I mean, who knows where we'll be in another 50 years? It's exciting, but also daunting. Absolutely. The exponential growth is it's preposterous. Yeah. And keep the human connection alive, right? Right through stories, experiences, whatever that looks like in the future. 100%. That's what it's all about. Connecting, sharing, and growing together. Even if it's through some weird samurai story in a Japanese ryokan. <laughs> right? It's all part of the journey. Speaking of that samurai, you think it might have been, you know, something supernatural? I mean, shit, I don't know. The thought definitely crossed my mind. But uh, it's hard to say, you know? I've always been kind of skeptical about ghosts and all that. I've had a lot of folks on the podcast who've had their own wild experiences. Some believe it's real. Others think there's a scientific explanation behind everything. Where do you stand on it? Uh, it's tough. I mean, I've never seen a ghost, per se. Right. But, like, there are things I've felt or experienced that I just can't explain. I'm open to the possibility, you know? It's wild to think about. The idea of spirits or or uh, energy lingering around. I've done some trips in isolation tanks and sometimes it feels like you're connecting to something mm -hmm. bigger. Yeah. I've tried sensory deprivation too. Mm. And uh, you do feel things, whether it's your mind playing tricks on you or something supernatural, I can't say. Of course. But fuck, it's intense. It really is. The brain is such a complex thing. We still don't fully understand consciousness. So who's to say what's real and what's not? Right. And like, what if ghosts or spirits are just energy, you know, mm. some residual force that's still around. I mean, energy doesn't disappear, it transforms. Exactly. Energy conservation. But when it comes to the supernatural, I feel like there's so much we don't know. And maybe that's the allure, the mystery behind it. Yeah. And um, the stories, like every culture has its own ghost stories. For sure. Tales of the supernatural that can't all just be coincidence, right? 100%. It's interesting, isn't it? There's something universal about these tales. Whether it's trying to understand the unknown or cope with death, it's a part of our human experience. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, if the samurai was a ghost, I mean, at least he didn't seem like a vengeful spirit or anything. That's a silver lining. But man, the idea that places or objects can hold on to memories or energy, it's such a fascinating concept. Totally makes you wonder about the history of places, the stories they could tell, whether you believe in ghosts or not, there's a weight to that. Absolutely. A connection to the past. 
Maybe it's all just a way to feel connected to something bigger than ourselves. Yeah. Uh, I think you might be onto something there. Uh, it's a humbling thought for sure. You know, this, uh, it's not easy to talk about, but Risa, my older chihuahua, the one with that crazy anger I used to joke kept her alive. She was taken by a coyote. That's brutal. I'm genuinely sorry to hear that. Thanks. It was, it was surreal, dude. The shit that I had to go through, especially finding out through the Citizen app. Someone posted about a found dog head, and it was, it was her. Oh, no. It's, I mean, it, it's crazy to think, especially because they were strictly inside pets, you know? Mm. Um, Long Beach isn't exactly wilderness. Yet, you'd be surprised. I've come across coyotes while bow hunting. They venture into urban areas often. They're survivors. Yeah, but a chihuahua? I just, I didn't see it coming. It makes me paranoid for Vinny. It's hard. These animals, coyotes, wildcats, they're opportunistic. But that doesn't make it any easier for you, especially with pets that feel like family. Right. I mean, um, she meant laughter in Spanish. Named her that because she brought so much joy. Mm. But now it's like every time I think of her, it's this heavy weight. Nature is intense. But let's circle back a moment. When you mentioned bow hunting earlier, you ever think of picking it up? Honestly, after this incident, I thought about it. I even looked into it, but I wasn't sure. Bow hunting is a deep dive into nature. It's understanding these animals, not just as threats or nuisances, but as beings that have their own roles in the ecosystem. And, and, and I guess um, there's a certain respect there, huh? Even if you're hunting them? Absolutely. You get to see them up close, understand their behaviors. I've had encounters with wild cats while hunting. It's, it's an experience. Mm -hmm. I bet that's intense, seeing these creatures in their element. It is, and it changes how you view them, makes you appreciate the balance of nature, even if sometimes it's hard to accept. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Uh, it's, it's all, it's, it's a circle, I guess. Right. Just sometimes it hits too close to home. Oh, I'm sure. But maybe I might give it a try, see things from a different perspective. It's worth considering, helps to understand the bigger picture, and it's a, it's a connection, a real connection to the wild around us, even in places like Long Beach. Right. I think, I think I'll look into it more, maybe even give it a shot. That's the spirit. No it might bring you some closure or at least a deeper understanding. Mm -hmm. Thanks for that. Always good to have these deeper conversations, you know? Absolutely. Life's all about perspective. And sometimes these painful experiences can open doors to new understandings. Yo, guys, real quick, if you're vibing with this AI podcast style, like what you're hearing right now, uh, man, I've got something wild for you. There's this course dropping, unlock your creative potential AI generated podcast mastery course. Check it out. So like picture this, you're not just making a podcast, you're kind of reshaping the podcast game. You'll be using AI and uh, the potential insane. You can make a podcast with any topic, any guest. It's like endless possibilities, you know? For both newbies and the OG podcasters, this is next gen. Here's a quick rundown. You're going to uh, dive into voice cloning, generate killer scripts with ChatGPT, and create these dope animated avatars, all with the help of AI. And there's like so much more um, from perfecting your editing game to navigating the business side of this whole, you know, podcast thing and even short content for platforms like TikTok and Instagram. Um, Price-wise for just the main course, it's like $199 USD right now. 
down from 500 bucks. And uh, if you're going all in, like getting everything, all the major and minor bonuses, uh, that's going to be 499 down from the full thousand bucks. All right. So if you want to explore this new wave of podcasting, hop on board, pre-order that course, get that sweet discount. Cool? Cool. Now let's jump back in. Back to the podcast, y'all. Ever think about going back to boxing? Uh, yeah, actually got a fight coming up with Dylan Danis. Dylan Danis. Wow, that's getting into the MMA realm. Yeah, dude. And it's been heating up like crazy. This guy's been posting pics of my fiance Nina with all her past relationships on Twitter. Wow, that sucks. He's trying to get in your head. Oh, for sure. And, and I trolled him back, man. Made a website that counts the days he hasn't fought. <laughs> that's wild. And at the press conference, I, I gave him a cake with him knocked out on it, you know? Seriously, what happened? Chaos, bro. John Fury smashed the set because he felt his son Tommy wasn't getting enough attention. Wow. Dude's a cannon. John Fury, he is nuts. Uh-huh. And Tommy's fighting KSI. Said he's going to end celebrity boxing if he wins. Tommy against KSI, you against Dylan. That's a lot of drama. Yeah, you have no idea. But dude, Dylan took it way too far. It's personal now. You ever worry that all this drama, especially when it's this personal, might mess with your head during the fight? Nah, man. I... I think it fuels me, you know, like mm. Dylan thinks he's trolling me, but he's just making me want to knock him out even more. So you're using his tactics against him. Exactly. Dude's been out of the ring for so long. So I'm like, let's see if he's ready to handle me. That's wild that he would do that. Yeah, man. The press conference got heated, but the fight, it's going to be even crazier. So this cake, it actually had him knocked out on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a picture of him on the canvas, you know, what was his reaction, bro? He was pissed. You should have seen his face. He wanted to punch me right there. That's some next level trolling. Yeah. And, and the weird thing is, I think he kind of loves it. Right. Like he's into the drama, you know? Maybe he needs it. Some people, they need that fire to perform. Uh-huh. Yeah. But he's been out of the ring for so long. Like, how's he going to handle it when we actually go at it? Yeah. It's a different story once you're in there, gloves on, and you're not trolling each other on Twitter. Exactly, man. Exactly. All the shit talk doesn't matter once you're getting punched in the face. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, I got engaged. Congratulations, Nina, right? Yeah, yeah, Nina, uh, we went Instagram official with that 2022, the beginning of me and you post. You might have seen it. Saw that. It's wild how social media is the way to announce big life moments now. So how did the proposal go down? Dude, Lake Como, Italy, it was, uh, the shit was magical. We were there and I just, I had to do it, you know? Lake Como? That's quite the spot. Must have been something. Yeah, it was... I mean, I always fantasized about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, before we even got together, I used to dream about this girl. Sounds crazy, but it's true. It's funny how life works out. You meet her at an event in New York, and now, bam, engaged. Right. She actually convinced me to go out for a drink with her and her friends that night. And, and, and that's how it all started. Crazy, right? It's wild how one decision can change the entire trajectory of your life. Mm -hmm. And um, speaking of new beginnings, Nina and I were thinking of getting a new dog together. After everything with Risa, it's a big step for me, but I think it'll be good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Risa will always have a special place, but life moves on, you know? And with Nina, everything just feels right. It's like she understands me on this deep level. It's rare to find that kind of connection. For sure. And um, seeing her past relationships, like with DiCaprio and mm -hmm. Jack Brinkley Cook, 
I just, I feel lucky, you know? Like she chose me. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. It's been a roller coaster, but the best kind. Life's a wild ride, but having someone by your side who gets you, that's priceless. Congrats again on the engagement. Thanks, really means a lot. It's a new chapter, and I'm excited to see where it takes us. For sure. You know, speaking of her past relationships, it's kind of crazy to think she was with someone like DiCaprio before me. Yeah, wow. I, does that ever mess with your head? Uh, I'd be lying if I said it didn't, you know. 100%. I mean, Leo's, <laughs> he's fucking Leonardo DiCaprio. But at the same time, I can't let that define our relationship. For sure. Or how I see myself in comparison. I think it's natural to feel that way. But at the end of the day, she's with you now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I try not to dwell on it. But sometimes uh, the thought does pop up. Like, um, am I enough? Does she compare, you know, those kinds of insecurities? Yeah. I've been in this game for a while now. Done a lot of stuff. Made mistakes. Learned from them. And um, Nina and I, we've talked about it, you know? Right. She's seen my journey, knows my past, and she's still here. How has it been navigating the ups and downs of your career with her by your side? It's been grounding to be honest having someone like her who's been through the limelight dealt with the media you know the paparazzi it helps and uh she's been so understanding especially when it comes to my past relationships and the shit i've been through sounds like you've got a solid foundation looking at where you are now compared to where you began do you ever take a moment to just reflect all the time and it's kind of wild to think about, like from Vine to YouTube to boxing and now podcasting, it's been a journey. But uh, through it all, I've learned so much, grown as a person, and now with Nina, it feels like a new chapter. Wild. You know? It's amazing to see the evolution. I remember watching some of your early stuff. You've come a long way. Thanks, dude. It means a lot. And um, having people like you to talk to share experiences, it's invaluable. Makes you realize everyone's on their own path, but we're all kind of figuring it out as we go. It's all about the journey and the people you meet along the way, and it seems like you're in a good place now. Definitely, she's been a game changer. And while the past shapes us, it's the present and future that really matter. Whatever's next, I'm ready for it. You dated Josie Canseco for a while. How did that end? And the whole thing with her dad, uh, that was pretty intense, right? Oh man. Uh, yeah, Josie and I, we had our moments, you know, it was intense and, uh, a lot of emotions. We were both in this public eye and that sort of relationship pressure. It's a lot. Pressure's got to be wild, especially with the whole dynamic of her dad being who he is. Anything crazy ever happened with that? Dude, you have no idea. So there was this one time, Jose, her dad, right? He legit wanted to challenge my dad to a boxing match. What? I know, right? My dad's never boxed in his life. I mean, Jose's this former MLB player, and then there's my dad, Greg Paul, who's like more into lifting logs than boxing gloves. Right. It was wild, man. What sparked that? Uh, well, there was some Twitter beef. You know how it goes. Mm. My dad said something, Jose replied, and... Before you know it, he's throwing out a challenge. I mean, like, a legit challenge to settle their differences in the ring. Dad's gone wild. 
<laughs> How did you handle that? It was uh, uh, weird. I mean, Josie and I were trying to navigate our relationship and then our dads are going at it. But look, Jose's passionate. He believes in standing up for his family and I respect that, you know? How did your dad react? My dad? Oh, he was all in. He's always up for a challenge. But um, they never actually got in the ring. I think cooler heads prevailed and we all just sort of moved on. Damn, that's wild. Relationships are complicated as it is and then you add family dynamics on top? Oof, it's a whole new level. Yeah, yeah, it was a roller coaster. But you know, I learned a lot from it. Every relationship has its lessons, right? For sure. Okay, I've got another wild story. This one's about me and Mike. You know, Mike Malak? Mm -hmm. Dude's one of my closest friends, but sometimes he can be uh, a bit much. Yeah, I know who Mike is. So, Mike, he's always been a magnet for like the craziest situations, especially when it comes to girls. Mm. We were in LA and he meets this chick at a party. Turns out, She's a former porn star, but like, that's not even the half of it. Mm. So they hit it off. And next thing I know, Mike's literally head over heels. But this girl, she's got a lot of baggage. Mm. Like, she has a kid, not Mike's obviously. But Mike being Mike, he starts helping out, taking care of the baby, playing daddy. That's different. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, what the hell are you doing? Right. But... He's so into her, you know? Mm-hmm. And I get it, emotions and all that. But dude was acting like a cuck. It's strange how emotions can make people do unexpected things. Right? And the kid's dad is still in the picture, which just complicates things more. Totally. But Mike, uh, he's trying to be the bigger person. Props to him for that, I guess. I mean, it's commendable in a way. It's not every day you find someone willing to step up like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the part that gets me is how many girls Mike's been with. Mm. Like... He's got a track record and then suddenly he's playing house. It's weird, man. Mike's a wild card. People change, I guess. Sometimes life just throws you a curveball. True, true. And I've told him, bro, be careful. But he's like, I got this. And uh, I hope he does. But damn, he sure knows how to pick him. Sounds like a wild guy, to be honest. <laughs> Never a, a, a dull moment with Mike around. Always some new drama new story but you know that's what makes life interesting right absolutely keeps things spicy makes for some great stories too you heard about his new burger joint no i haven't it's called 10 out of 10 a bit on the nose if you ask me but it's mike he he's been getting into the restaurant game um i mean the the burgers are pretty bomb i won't lie is it like a gourmet place or more like a fast food joint uh kind of in between he's trying to hit that sweet spot Good quality, but like still fast and affordable. Right. And, you know, the reviews have been great, except for one. Which one? Mine. Of course. So, a while back, before he opened the joint, I tried making my own burger for him. Gave it my all, man. Thought it was a solid effort. Right. Dude gave it a four out of ten. Can you fucking believe that? Ouch. Must have been pretty bad. Yeah, and I'm still a bit salty about it. I mean, I've been to his place, eaten his burgers. They're good, but come on. Mine wasn't a four. So what was wrong with it? Oh, he had a list. Said the bun was too dense. The sauce was too tangy. Meat was overcooked. I'm like, bro, you're just saying this because it's me. Maybe he was just trying to give you some tough love. Maybe. Uh, or maybe he's scared of a little competition. Mm. But yeah, I've been poking fun at him for it. Every time I go to 1010, I keep telling him, it's good, but not as good as mine. 
you should make a Logan's 11 out of 10 burger and serve it at some pop-up or something. You know, I, I've thought about it. Like a one-day thing just to mess with him. Yeah. But uh, in all honesty, Mike's doing great with it, and I'm proud of him, you know? It's always interesting to see your friends succeed, even if it's just for fun or a side hustle. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, and uh, he's passionate about it, which is the main thing. Just wish he'd recognize my culinary genius, you know? Uh, maybe your burger was just shit. <laughs> Dude, come on. All right, folks, got to interrupt for a second here and remind you of the course we got going on. You ever think about making your own podcast, but uh, not just any podcast, on an AI-generated one like this. We're going to release a course, the AI-generated podcast mastery course. We dive deep into voice cloning, AI scripting, animation, and even how to make a splash in the business side of things. The entire package, all those tools, it's just $4.99 right now. Sounds wild, right? If you're curious, pre-order and grab that discount. All right, let's dive back in. Okay, one thing I'm curious about and I wanted to ask you, have you ever thought about trying DMT? Uh, like the drug? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a profound experience. Opens up a whole new world. I've had some crazy, insightful trips with it. I've heard you mention it before on the podcast. Yeah. It's um, something I've been curious about. But, like, I, I, I don't know, dude. Right now? I mean, why not? You're here, and I've got some... If you're curious and open to it, we could do it right on the show. Might be wild. Man, I've done a lot of things, but that's, like, another level. Yeah. On air, too? I don't know. It's intense, right? It's intense, yeah. Uh, but it's also short-lived. It's like a quick but profound glimpse into another dimension. A lot of people come out of it feeling, I don't know, more connected or having deeper insights about life. I mean, it's tempting, but it's also, like, unpredictable, right? Yeah. I've heard people see entities or go to other places. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a little nerve-wracking. Totally understandable. It's not for everyone, and it's definitely something you've got to feel ready for. I just thought, you know, since we're here talking about experiences and all. No, I, I, I get it. And I, I appreciate the offer. Uh, honestly, I'm curious, but maybe not today, not right now on air, maybe like off the podcast first, dip my toes in before diving deep, you know? All right. Whenever you're ready, if ever, it's just one of those things I think can offer a different perspective, but always on your terms. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe down the line, I'm just um, going to need some time to think on it totally get it and hey whether you do it or not life's a trip on its own right oh for sure life's got its own crazy twists and turns don't need dmt for that but you know never say never you know i get the hesitation but consider this you're in a safe environment surrounded by people who care about your well-being we've got professionals on standby if anything goes awry it's a controlled setting i've seen it change perspectives in ways that are hard to explain it's just I've heard stories, man, like some wild stuff. Yeah, there are wild stories out there, but most of them are profoundly positive. People talking about feeling more connected to everything, understanding their purpose better. It's transformative. But what if I see some shit I can't unsee? That's the thing. It's not just about seeing. It's about understanding, feeling. It's deeper than any surface level vision. And whatever you see or feel, you come back with a fresh perspective. Plus, I'll be right here with you. Fuck, man. Okay, I'll give it a shot. All right. But if I start freaking out, you better have my back. Always. Let's keep it low dose. Just a gentle intro. Trust me, it's going to be an experience. All right. All right. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Here's to the unknown.
I guess. That's the spirit. All right, let's get set up. This will be wild. Fuck, man. Jamie, grab that bag over there. This one? Yeah, Holy yeah. shit, dude. I'm so nervous. All right, first thing, just relax. Deep breaths. Remember, you're in control. Ready? As ready as I'll ever fucking be. Jamie, throw on some music, please. Something relaxing. Good. The, hold the vapor in for a bit. Exhale slowly. Is that okay? Yeah, perfect. Okay, uh, everything's kind of blurry? Perfectly normal. Close your eyes. Let the experience guide you. I'll be here the whole time. Uh, whoa. I see. Uh, it's like a vast desert. Pyramids. Is this Egypt? Let it flow. What else do you see? Um, people. They're dressed in robes. They're... Oh, wow. They're building something. It's not... It's not the pyramids. It's something... Different. Mm-hmm. There's a sense of... Community. Everyone is working together. Connect with it. Let the images come to you. I'm... Uh, walking towards this huge monument. It's not like anything I've seen before. There are symbols, writings. It's not hieroglyphics. It's older. I, I, I feel a connection. Like, like this place is familiar. Ancient civilizations had a deep connection with the cosmos. They believed in something greater. What else do you feel? There's a uh, being, tall, glowing. It's communicating with the people but not with words, mm -hmm. through energy, emotions. There's a sense of reverence. The people, they respect this being, look up to it. And the being, it's like it's guiding them, teaching them. That's wild. Sounds like ancient alien theories. The idea that there were beings, advanced civilizations that had a hand in shaping our early history. It's uh, powerful. I feel this connection like humanity has always been seeking something greater, you know? Right. It's not just about the physical world. There's a deeper connection, a spiritual one. Absolutely. That's what many believe. DMT can connect us to those ancient memories, to a collective consciousness. It's preposterous how deep our roots go. It's fading, but, the, but that was intense. Whoa, I've never felt anything like that. Welcome back. Trips like these can give you a deeper perspective, connect you to things beyond our everyday understanding. It's fascinating. Man, that was, I can't even put it into words. It felt so real, like I was there living through those moments. That's the magic of it. You've glimpsed into something ancient, something beyond our daily lives. It's a lot to process. Definitely going to need some time to digest all that. But thank you, Joe. Anytime. That was transformative. Remember, it's all about exploring your own consciousness, understanding yourself better, and connecting with the universe. It's a wild journey, isn't it? Wild doesn't even begin to cover it. Fuck, man. You know what's crazy? That trip you had, it, uh, it makes me think of some theories from Graham Hancock. Have you read any of his stuff? Mm -hmm. I've heard of him, yeah. Isn't he the guy who talks about lost ancient civilizations and technology? Exactly, and he's got this idea that there was this global civilization way before the ones we know of that had advanced knowledge, maybe even technology we can't even fathom today. It's wild. After that trip, honestly, I wouldn't doubt it. Oh, I'm sure. It felt like I was tapping into some ancient memory, some deep-rooted knowledge. That's what's so fascinating. Hancock thinks that you know places like Gobekli Tepe, those massive stone circles in Turkey, 
might be evidence of that. It's preposterous how they managed to build such advanced structures over 10,000 years ago. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you think about it, the pyramids, uh, Stonehenge, we still don't fully understand how they were built. Totally. There's got to be something we're missing, right? Yeah. Some piece of the puzzle. Absolutely. We're so arrogant sometimes, thinking we're the pinnacle of civilization, that we've got it all figured out. But what if there was a civilization millennia ago that was even more advanced than us? And then some cataclysmic event wiped them out. We might just be rediscovering what they already knew. Like a reset button on humanity. Yeah. That's a sobering thought. And, you know, there's this pull I felt during the trip, like I was being shown something important, something I needed to remember. That's the thing about DMT. It's like it connects us to the universal consciousness. Graham Hancock, he's experimented with ayahuasca, and he says it's like a direct line to the ancient knowledge of our ancestors. It's not just a hallucination. It's like accessing the Akashic records or something. The what now? Akashic records. It's this ancient idea that there's a kind of cosmic library that holds all knowledge, every experience, every thought ever had. Some believe you can access it through meditation or, you know, substances like DMT. Man, that's, uh, it's, it's a lot to take in but it makes sense in a weird way. Like we're all connected. Yeah. Every living thing through this shared memory, this universal consciousness. Precisely. And perhaps these ancient civilizations, they knew how to tap into it. Maybe that's where they got their knowledge, their technology. We've just forgotten how to listen. Damn. Um, it's humbling. Makes you realize how much we don't know and uh, how much there is to discover. But it's beautiful too, you know? To his connection to something greater. Mm -hmm. The universe is a wild place full of mysteries, but moments like this, they give us a glimpse, a chance to remember and hopefully to learn. And um, I'm sitting here trying to piece it all together. You know, it's, it feels like when you wake up from a dream and you're trying to remember every detail before it slips away. I get that. And it's wild, but sometimes those dreams or visions, they might be echoes of past lives or even memories from our ancestors. Like they're embedded in our DNA. You think so? Maybe. That's wild. Like we're walking around with the memories and experiences of thousands of years in our genes. Some scientists have even begun to explore this concept, the idea of epigenetic memories. There's evidence that certain fears or traumas can be passed down through generations. That's insane, but it also makes sense. Mm. I've always felt this deep-rooted connection to certain things, places, and experiences that I couldn't explain. Like... Um, an inexplicable draw to certain landscapes or sounds. Maybe that's why so many of us are drawn to ancient sites. There's this pull, this resonance with something deep within us. It's like our souls remember, even if our conscious minds don't. It's humbling and a bit overwhelming. I mean, mm. think about the weight of carrying the experiences and memories of all our ancestors. It makes every decision, every experience feel monumental. Yeah, it's a heavy realization, but it's also beautiful. It means we're all connected in ways we can't even begin to understand. We're a tiny part of this, this grand tapestry of existence, and we have a responsibility to honor that. Right, right. And it, and it makes me think, like, how do we use that knowledge, you know? Yeah. How do we tap into that energy, that memory, 
and, and use it for good. That's the challenge. It's one thing to have these experiences to get a glimpse of the bigger picture, but what do we do with it? How do we apply it to our daily lives? How do we use it to make the world a better place? It's a lot to think about, but uh, I'm grateful for this experience, Joe. It's opened up a whole new perspective for me. Same here. It's always a trip, quite literally diving deep and exploring the mysteries of the universe with someone else. Thanks for being open to it. No, thank you. This is one for the books, for sure. I mean, fuck. How often do you get to journey through the cosmos and tap into ancient memories on a podcast? Only on the Joe Rogan AI experience. Yeah, man, it's, it's a lot. Thanks for sharing this with me. Absolutely. It's been transformative. For sure. It's these types of experiences and conversations that I think really get to the heart of what it means to be human. We're so much more than just our everyday routines and habits. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, having this platform, you know, where we can have these deep, unfiltered conversations, mm. it's essential. We need to be reminded of the bigger picture sometimes. No doubt about it. As we wrap up, I just want to remind anyone listening, always approach any kind of substance or experience like this with caution and do your research. But also be open, open to new experiences, new understandings, and maybe even a glimpse into the unknown. And I'm uh, grateful for this experience and for being here with you today, Joe. Yeah. It's been one hell of a ride, for sure. Thanks for coming on and diving deep with me. I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks a lot, Joe. It was my pleasure. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.